of the Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for rice sports news and analysis. Well, I completely run out of pithy things to say about <laughs> postponements and cancellations. Like, this this is just... That stinks. Uh, this is this is great. I will say the uh, so the film room pieces that you write every week have been fantastic, and and those have been safe for subscribers. But I have left the intro open for all to read, in, in part <laughs> because your exasperation is something that keeps me sane. <laughs> well, great. Now the now the the listeners who who don't subscribe can well will be clued into the fact that I just reused what I said there from the opening of my phone room. But uh, <laughs> Was it word for word? It might have been close. Very close, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't, you should uh, you should subscribe on Patreon and check those out. We got uh, recruiting news coming down the pipe. We have uh, the Erling signing period coming in, in two weeks. That That is still happening amidst a football season. And I guess eventually bowl games. So <laughs> you'll want to go ahead and subscribe there. We'll plug that real quick. As always, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, tell us what you like. If you uh, the more interaction y'all want to have with the show, the the better. We'd love to hear what y'all think. Um, and please uh, share all of your. Uh, you know, if you have any witty anecdotes to uh, help us deal with postponements when they happen. Hopefully, we're we're running thin on those, but uh, you know, we'll take them. And then uh, again, this is the uh, extended edition. If you want the abridged version of a, a Marshall preview, go ahead and check out Inside the Hedges. Taylor McCarg, former Rush quarterback, and I record that uh, every Wednesday night. It goes live on, I don't even know what the kids are using these days for the social medias. I know it's on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. I guess Rice Athletics, don't they do have a TikTok, I believe. Is that is that accurate? I'm not on TikTok. I don't, I don't think it gets to TikTok, but... <laughs> We have more time. I don't know what the time limit on TikToks is. I know it's 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 longer than Vine was, but I don't think it's enough for like a thirty minute show. Is it? <laughs> Ooh, Vine. You know, at this rate, that feels like seven hundred years ago, but it probably wasn't. Time time has yeah, been who stressed. Knows? In who knows these days? <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's uh everything we want y'all to know up top, and then we have you know for. For no Rice football game happening this weekend, and we can get into the details behind that, we certainly have a lot to talk about, it feels like. Yeah, uh, it we've reached the point in the college football season, and particularly in, this, in the CUSA season, where the, the wheels are just completely falling off the bus at this point. <laughs> falling off the bus my uh my wife found uh, apparently there's now a, a board game for oregon trail do you remember the old like computerized sure, why not? Version? yeah 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 so that was on like a, a black friday discount so that might be a, a christmas present that's coming up but yeah that's <laughs> like we're at the point of the college football season where people are dying of dysentery <laughs> Yeah, my best Oregon Trail story is I had Oregon Trail three uh, oh, wait, for the com- what? when I when I didn't I was even like, know there was two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was like, uh, I don't know, probably eight or nine years old. And at one point in, in this version, they had like a map up in the corner showing like how far you were on your progress. And I had just entered the, the like present day borders of the state of Oregon when I realized that my little marker on the map had not moved for a while. 
And I was like, what's happening? Why am I not going anywhere? I'm so close to the end. And I checked around and realized that I had eaten all of my oxen for food. <laughs> so I could not finish and had to restart the game. This is great. So for all of y'all's benefit, you better hope that we don't get any more games postponed or we're going to deep into Oregon Trail. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's the point. We don't have any games to review. So, like, we're just, you know, we're just going to have to reach into the vault here. Mine for content. I couldn't even tell you. We thought we were there when we, we got through uh, June and July, you know, the off season. And now we're in the in-between season. So, uh, of course, the, the reason we don't have any football to talk about is because, uh, you know, I somehow managed to sit in a press box for, for four hours this weekend at Rice Stadium and not watch a football game, which that was not something I ever thought I would do in my life. But here we are. Rice and UTEP end up, I guess, end up getting delayed. At, help me with the time, like, like 10, 30, 10 o'clock ish. And then I guess formally canceled about twelve fifteen, twelve thirty. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the probably the the worst, you know. Of course, Rice fans and, and the team is very disappointed. But the people who drew the shortest straw, in my opinion, were the the folks that tested positive from the UTEP contingent ha- had to uh, bus back to El Paso because they couldn't fly Oof. with the team. That is, yeah, and that is that is not a short drive. And my, my favorite part about it was, um, man, I, I wish I could give him credit. I don't remember who it was. Somebody out of covering UTEP uh, posted, I guess it was a, a quote from a Zoom session with, with head coach Dana Demo about people having to bus back, to which the response was about 100 people just quote tweeting that tweet with a map of the Google map. Here's how long it takes to drive from Houston to UTEP it and is, then there was I may have told this story on the podcast before but when I was a freshman at Rice one of my sweet mates was from El Paso and it took him longer to drive to Houston from El Paso than it had taken me to get there from Birmingham <laughs> so this is great yeah so that that was the uh punishment feels too strong but uh that was the uh the ramifications uh, of that so yeah totally bizarre i you know we saw it happen with with clemson and florida state a couple couple weeks ago or at least it feels like a couple weeks ago it might have only been one or two uh, where uh, clemson traveled with a player who had a positive test and you know ultimately that game there was a bunch of squabbling as to who was in the wrong but uh, the game did not get played because of that and that's kind of where we found ourselves here that utep uh, came down took did a test on friday in in Houston had a positive test and and that's where the the game was was pulled which is you know a plus because obviously if you're testing and you're getting the positives you are it was a you, you uh, kept the team safe and that is a win and uh so far that's kind of been uh, something Rice has been really good at but it sucks because this is now the third time in 4 weeks that Rice has tried to play football and uh, somebody else has had a positive test and and prevented them from doing that yeah and I mean, I mean, it's nice on the one hand that, you know, they they delayed the season. They tried to to thread this needle and, and were largely successful in terms of keeping things clean in their own program. And, and that's a credit to 
Rice as campus. That's a credit to the, the coaching staff and athletic department. And then it's a credit to the players for taking the personal responsibility seriously. But it just goes to show with this, like you can do everything right. And if something slips up on anybody's end on any part of the equation, the whole thing goes down the tube. So. Yeah, it was pretty remarkable. Now, I guess that for the, the third time uh, doing a post postponement zoom with bloom uh just <laughs> you run out of things to say but uh at that point he, he kind of talked through what the team went through over thanksgiving uh, you know rice was one of those programs that elected not to send folks home for for the break and everybody got a a boxed thanksgiving lunch because they didn't even have uh, you know, permission for to have a big team meal, which it usually would have been. And uh, they've been really giving up a lot of things just to try and play football. And so it just it sucks for them as much as, you know, we've talked about all the problems with this season. It stinks that, you know, Rice has done the players have worked so hard and done all they can. And the fact that we're sitting here and it's December and they have played three games, uh, that's probably more frustrating than the results of any of the games, honestly. Right. But it's where we are. And uh, I guess at this point, Rice has two games left on their schedule. And uh, we will get there. I think we should hit on a couple of uh, Conference USA notes first after we got through the, the UTEP postponement. Uh, where do we want to start? Because it's been a smorgasbord of news and it's, you know, we're recording this Wednesday night because we wanted to get it out as quick as possible. So we didn't miss anything else. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I don't even know at this point, the whole thing. Uh, have you recovered from the, the no, no brunch bowl? Yeah, I'm sad that we we once again for the second week in a row we were we were scheduled to have a a, a middle of the week game played in the AM. Sadly, this one not uh not in the high school stadium, but we lost that one as well. And uh, yeah, no, just just someday, you know, I was saying this before we recorded, but the NFL just played a game on a Wednesday afternoon. Like, surely if they can do it, Conference <laughs> USA can do it. Like, come on, guys, let's make this happen. Yeah, and what well, Baltimore was down to, we, we were talking about this pre-show, Will uh, Luke Wilson, formerly of the Seahawks, signed with the Ravens practice squad uh, a couple of weeks ago. He saw action in Wednesday's game because uh, Baltimore was, I, I who showed up and played? Like, Lamar Jackson was out, everybody was out, so <laughs> they found a way. And, and kudos for, for Luke for, for getting his way onto the field. Uh, always a plus, NFL outs. We're over like 10 or so. Uh, that are playing, I think 11 or 12 probably have seen game action this year for Rice, which is uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, I think that might be a record for most playing a season. I'll have to check. I believe I believe it was. I think the record was maybe maybe it was 10 or 11. And I think Austin's tied it. Austin Walter, when he we played a couple weeks ago for the Fort mm-hmm. Niners, still on the roster. So, yeah, so we that's a that's a plus. We were looking for pluses from 2020. Um, but yeah, so this this one particularly heartbreaking on, on the, the brunch bowl. 
Uh, I, I got that from 1849. They cover the, the Charlotte 49ers <laughs> out there in North Carolina uh, because that truly the, the first game, it was a, it was a Friday, like 10 a.m. morning game in, in Midland uh, between this is UAB and UTEP. So that game got canceled. This one was was a Tuesday morning game. A Friday, I'm like, OK, that's like, you know, people play Friday night. Close this enough, was, right? Tuesday, yeah. just middle of the week. This was peak you know, Conference USA zaniness, and there it was. So that was one of the scheduling changes. I also, I have a petition if Rice, you know, the equipment truck, I believe, has already left for for West Virginia, so I don't think we can call an audible at this point, uh, unless, of course, the game doesn't happen, which, you know, (laughs) we hope we don't get there, but we do. Uh, Louisiana Tech this week and other Conference USA news, they scheduled TCU, which I I didn't even know we were still scheduling conference, non-conference games, but apparently we are. So uh, Coastal Carolina and BYU <laughs> just up and scheduled each other today, Wednesday, no, for a game I, to be played on Saturday. Did that actually well, happen? I, well, no, kind of. I saw it because so Liberty's starting quarterback, I believe, who was supposed to play Coastal Carolina on game day, no less. Uh, their starting quarterback tested positive, but Liberty, as of time of recording, hadn't postponed or canceled the game. So I guess BYU was just on the phone as soon as that news broke. And they said, hey, when Liberty backs out, uh, we're in. So it, it could be BYU, Liberty and Coastal all show up. Uh, in Carolina this weekend, play like a round robin, Royal Rumble. Let's let's make it happen. <laughs> let's just turn this into like college football is already the most ridiculous pro wrestling sport there is. Like, let's just go all the way and have you know BYU come out of nowhere and hit Liberty on the head with a chair. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard someone compare college football to pro wrestling, but that by God, that's Kalana Sataki's music. <laughs> That might be it. I think we found <laughs> college football might be closer to pro wrestling than it is the NFL. And I don't even think that's a stretch. Yeah, no, in some respects, it definitely is. <laughs> this is great. This is, is Dabo. Dabo is, oh, man, he could he could retire from coaching, go into pro wrestling. I watched Dabo in a smackdown. <laughs> Oh, man, if it feels like we're off the rails, that's because this conference. Yeah, everything is. I mean, is, I, I, is, I don't think we're any more off the rails than everything else. <laughs> yeah, this is why because I'm I'm rolling down a list of, of things. So also this week, Southern Miss hires uh, Will Hall, uh, offensive coordinator at uh, Tulane. Is that right? Yeah. yeah Which would Tulane. be reasonably normal news if not for the fact that it's their fourth coach of the season. Like, I don't yeah. think he's going to coach this year, but, like, <laughs> that's an impressive number to get through. No, it's it's not. And the fact that we've gone through, what do we, we've hit three or four or five pieces of Conference USA news, and we just got to uh, a program is on their fourth head coach of the year. Like, that, <laughs> if that yeah. doesn't kind of perfectly encapsulate what this season has been like, uh, I don't know. So do you have any uh, do you have any suggestions if uh, if Rice were to just go barnstorming and say uh, uh, we don't feel like playing UAB the last weekend of the regular season? We want to do something fun. I guess TCU is not free, so you can't pick TCU. Yeah, I mean, 
at this rate, like Houston will have another game canceled, so they'll probably be open. Um, you know, surely one of UTSA or Texas State or UTEP will have their game canceled. You know, just just do a little tour of the state. I don't know. Call yeah. up Stephen F. Austin, see if they want to restart their season for one game. Letourneau, who basketball yeah, played him in basketball. Yeah. Like, why not? <laughs> and that's the the last piece. I didn't I didn't even get this on our show notes because that we would be here all night. But uh, so UTSA, you mentioned UTSA. I, I I mentioned that Rice could uh with the schedule changing and everything going around and. And games getting canceled. The the UAB. Do you remember our favorite memories of the UAB Middle Tennessee game that was scheduled on what Sunday and canceled on Wednesday morning? It lasted. It was a, it was a silly game. It should never have been scheduled. It was too there's, beautiful to last. There's no reason why Middle Tennessee and UAB should not be playing this season. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but so that game gets canceled, and and Charlotte and. Uh, would FIU get canceled and that resets the rescheduled brunch bowl for this weekend, but not at a strange time in the morning. I think it's it's like an actual weekend game, uh, disappointing. which is kind of disappointing. But in all that mix, I suggested, OK, we'll move things around and Rice will play UTSA this weekend to which uh, uh, UTS UTSA Twitter vehemently responded. No. I was like, wait, what? I, I thought I thought we wanted to play this game. Uh, UTSA is now apparently in the uh, the stop the count territory of the season. <laughs> I mean, after they beat the crap out of North Texas this past weekend, I can understand them wanting to, uh, you know, just go out on a high note there. Just like, all right, we're done. No more. Yeah. And I mentioned this. This is probably the most normal part of the year so far. We've gotten to the end of the season. There's a couple weeks left and nobody is really sure how you qualify for the Conference USA championship game. Because uh, UTSA right now, they are at five and two in the conference, uh, which is, uh, you know, they're the only team in the West that's played more than five games. So nobody else physically could have won five if they tried. Uh, Yeah, that's bizarre. Uh, so they're five and two UAB by win percentage is second at two and one. Uh, but I guess there's some stipulation that you have to reach the threshold of minimum games, which are two games below the average played in the conference, which I think would be four at this point. So if, if UAB has has one game scheduled against Rice, so if UAB because their game this weekend at time of recording has been canceled. They theoretically Southern Miss and UAB are both open. So that game should have been scheduled immediately. Uh, but who knows? Um, but if, if UAB doesn't lose and wins at least one more game against Southern Miss Rice or I don't know anybody old Dominion, if they want to just show up for a weekend, uh, then UAB would announce would would advance on winning percentage. They could go in, I believe, at three, four, three and one or four and one over UTSA, who was five and two. I think it's just it's very confusing. So UTSA is at the point where, say, we are in first place and we're good. But. <laughs> which good for you, but they they've actually they've played 11 football yeah, games. I, I was just looking at that, like how in the world have it like. How, man, they played 11 games and the one they canceled was Rice. What the? <laughs> Come on, man. 
Are we an anti-US UTSA podcast? I think just for the <laughs> Come on the and podcast and fight me, Jared. Yeah, and it's not even because of any actual games. Like we'd love to hate over games. We're not there yet. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so I who knows? Marshall's going to go from the east. We have no idea who's going for the west. We have no idea who's playing in the west. Uh, Louisiana Tech is going and doing their own thing. I I'm starting the train now. Like, let's play Houston. I think that would be great. I would love to play Houston. Just get that by your bucket. Like everything else is a wash at this point. Just get that by your bucket in. Although, if I think if UAB doesn't play anyone this weekend, then they need to play Rice in order to be eligible to qualify for the conference championship game. So, uh, what's the give and take here? Can we say, yeah, UAB will play you, but you have to play like the next four in Houston. Like we have some leverage yeah, here. Yeah. What can, we, what can we extract out of this deal? <laughs> I don't even know, man, but that's, we probably missed something, but I, you know, it is what it is. We're, 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 we're batting somewhere around like two out of every three conference USA games being played. And uh, I don't even know if that's good or bad. It just. Yeah. So, I mean, if that means if we get to two out of every three potential news items, then we've we've. That's a success job, right? Yeah. And uh, most of this will probably be out of date, like the uh, MTSU game that was scheduled and flushed away in what, 72 hours. It's been that crazy, man. Three, three cancel, three postponements for Rice, and they're kind of right middle of the pack as far as Conference USA goes. So, you know, uh, if assuming that the championship games and bowls are played uh, as expected, bowl season technically is is two weeks away. <laughs> I believe the the first bowl game is on uh, the nineteenth, which is which... the same week, and is like four conferences conference championship games and like what four big 10 games and five ACC games and this is the part of the year where we'd normally be doing like our bowl pick them yeah and uh we don't even know who's going to be playing or we don't know what bowls are going to be played <laughs> the I mean, simple was just if the canceled. season had there gone on go. as normal it would be championship saturday in three days and we would get the bowls and the playoff matchups on this coming Sunday. And instead uh, we're scrambling to schedule things at the last moment. And rice has played three games and is everything's going to, normal. Yeah. And is going off to uh, play a, uh, a very, very, very good Marshall team. And uh, I, 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 if for those who are checking out and, and paying attention to inside the hedges, I mentioned this, uh, note on air the last time rice has uh, beaten a team ranked in the ap poll was in november of 1997 that was against number 21 byu that game happened at rice stadium uh, that was 30 games ago against ranked opponents so beating marshall this weekend for for rice would be a a huge accomplishment and i have a a trivia question for you Carter, okay. just just because I I'm I might give you a hundred guesses, so I won't make you go too far. But this is a fun one. So uh, Rice hasn't played 
I guess, 30, 30 ranked games in the past 30 years, 30 ranked opponents. So not terribly many, all things considered. Uh, do you know the last opponent Rice played that was ranked uh, that they came within one score of? Because they've had a handful of blowouts against the Texases and the A&Ms and, and the like. Uh, but what was the last, you know, wire to wire close conference game that Rice played? One score. Uh, n- not conference game, sorry, uh, ranked opponent. Mm. Can you give me like what five year time period it was in? Uh, it happened in 2004. I'll give you the year. OK, exactly. Mm. The second to last year of the Ken Hatfield era. Which. Predates my direct vice <laughs> fandom. Uh Man, I don't know. I, I feel like like Texas or A and M is too obvious. Uh, I don't know, like Arkansas. No, you you were uh, closer with the Texas team. I'll give you one more mm. shot. Ranked Texas team, not currently a Power Five member. Hmm. I'm leaving the suspense in for all of you at home. Yeah, <laughs> not. I mean. I'll give it to you because you're, you're not. Is it, <laughs> is it Houston? No, it is. Uh, it is the, the UTEP Miners. What? In, two, in 2004, Rice lost in overtime. To UTEP 35 to 28. And UTEP was ranked. And UTEP was ranked number 23 in the nation. And that might not have been this strange because Rice scored four points in the fourth quarter. How? To force overtime. They scored four points. That's right. Two safeties. They got... So the last one score game... I kind of want to see if I can find a copy of this game on the internet because it sounds real dumb okay and... <laughs> if, if the marshall game gets canceled we're breaking this down <laughs> next yeah, <week>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're finding a copy i'm just gonna do a quick google on this yeah I so need, needless UTEP to say why you google yeah th- this is from my quick look back the last time rice has played a one score game against a ranked opponent was against utep in 2004 and they scored four points to force overtime if everything about that sentence isn't like it could have happened in 2020 if everything about that sentence isn't bizarre. Uh, it there you go. Yeah, I, safety, I get the box safety. Score. Look at that, a safety with 20 seconds left on the clock. What? Oh, I have to find this game. This sounds <laughs> magnificent. Yeah, this is back when uh, Jordan Palmer was at, at UTEP, and he had a pretty good, uh, pretty good run over there. So it, may, maybe uh, UTEP has has fallen further than Rice, I guess. Yeah. If they were a, a top 25 team. But yeah, so uh, we, we, needless to say, it's it's been a while since Rice has, you know, really gone toe to toe with a ranked team. And there were times this year where Mike Collins was playing like a, a quarterback of a, a ranked program, or at least one of the better passers in the conference. And, and we obviously believe in this defense, but uh, what's our general consensus confidence level 
going into a game against Marshall after taking an unexpected week off because I'm I'm nervous because they're yeah, really good. They are. Um, in particular, so like, if you look at the advanced stats, like, and if you've read the film room, you saw this. Uh, they're ranked in the top twenty-five, not only in the poll but in actual like advanced metric systems as well in both FPI and SP plus in particular in SP plus, they are 10th on defense 10th. You know, who's number nine, Alabama. I think they're good. They're good, right? Yeah. Um, and, and in, in SP plus like 62nd on offense, which is like not fantastic, but it's like one of the best offenses in the conference. So, uh, yeah, I have, you know, to to get the the sort of broad overall take on it out of the way first, like, I think Rice, if they play well on defense, can put together, like, they have shown over the past last season and whatever whatever you think of this season being, because it's hard to even call it a season at this point, but that they can shut down high-powered CUSA offenses. And, like, if they play well, they can hold this team to, to, to 20 points somewhere in there um maybe they will maybe they won't but i think they can if they play their best game but scoring on this defense is going to be really really hard like i when i actually like pulled the data um from from cfpdata.com and 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 ran it through cfp scraper myself to get the success rates on offensive defense rushing and passing for every team in the country uh and they are eighth on defense in rushing success rate are allowed. You you cannot run on this team. They are an absolute monster group up front. And it's not a whole lot easier to pass on them, but it's it's that's probably how you're going to have to do it, which means you have to block their pass rush, which they are very good at also. So, sounds like a slippery slope. I'm I'm not sure what the formula here for Rice is on offense other than to just absolutely play out of their minds um it might just be that you like you're gonna have to put the ball in collins's hands because i mean he's he's shown that he can be really good so far um and i don't know just dial up as many quick passes as you can because i don't think you know even if this this offensive line is playing better than they did against north texas you can't count on giving him time to dial up deep shots against this this pass rush so i i think i don't know the best the best suggestion i have as far as an offensive game plan is try to get as many quick short passes as you can and i don't know see if 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 going to the perimeter a a little bit softens up that run defense maybe um but it's going to be tough sledding really really tough sledding against this defense yeah and i was looking up this is the the number one rushing defense uh, in Conference USA and the number one rushing defense in the country, they are allowing what 62 rushing yards or thereabouts per game, which is uh, not great. Uh, another interesting stat that I shared uh, on Inside the Hedges earlier this week Marshall has won 14 consecutive games when holding their opponents under 100 yards rushing. Uh, that's a, a lot in a row, which, uh, you know, obviously this is. <laughs> When when you think of you know intellectual brutality and what Rice wants to come and do, I, I I this is not a game where even as good as Juma Otaviano and Kalen Griffin are that we're probably going to see 
Rice just dominate from the go in the trenches. It's going to take some creativity, but I think this is so if I'm if I'm drawing the best case scenario and where I think Rice has a shot, I think that OC Jerry Mack and Bloomgren are some of the best opening drive scripters in the conference uh, by far. Mm-hmm. They they I don't know what it is, but if you tell them every single drive is the first drive of the game and uh, <laughs> and, and they'll go down and, and score like it just it's gotten to the point that it's become consistent and, and game in and game out. They are getting the first points uh, on the board. So that that's part a have that opening drive ready. Go up seven. Nothing. I, I think as good as the, the Marshall defense is. Uh, that's something that we've seen this team do uh, time and, and time again. And then uh, another thing that I thought was interesting, uh, Rice hasn't allowed a point in the first quarter this year. And that's good. Uh, you know, they gave up in 40 some odd points to uh, Middle Tennessee, but that all came after the first quarter. Uh, they haven't given up a offensive touchdown in the first quarter. Since the UTSA game last year. Wow. So that was the seventh game of their season. So what was that? Uh, five games after that and three games this year. This is a team that is good at scoring first and a good and a good at keeping other teams off the board to start the game. And so if that's the point and say, you know, you, I, if I'm Rice, I don't want to dra- drag this game out. I don't want to have to try and make sure I contain uh, Brendan Knox and stop the the bean run, uh, so to speak. That <laughs> that one big play. We're going to be referencing that forever. A lot of mileage out of that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so w- w- we will get there. But is, if you know you want to have to try and stop Brendan Knox and Grant Wells at quarterback as few times as possible, so you want to shorten this game. If you can tell me. You can score first on yeah, offense. Definitely, like, it's seven nothing, and you can hold it. And it's a seven nothing, a seven three game after the first quarter. Now you're playing a three quarter game, and a three quarter game with a lead is easier to win. This is not rocket science. We we have the rock. We can get Adolfo back on here with the numbers, but <laughs> but but that's kind of the formula here. Is you need to be as strong as you've always been early, and at that point, then it then it's a battle, and and you're not trying to draw this out. Because uh, you don't want to get into a shootout. Yeah, no, because you're 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 not keeping up when that comes. You've you've got to make the most of every single chance you get, and there can't be like you can't kick field goals in this game. I don't think like you if you waste opportunities to punch it in here, you're not going to get other ones, and the matchup is better for Rice when Marshall has the ball because of how good their defense is. But if you are wasting chances here and, and you're going to give those guys the opportunity over and over and over again, um, you know, there's not a lot of running games in this conference, even as good as, as many of the running backs are. And Brendan Knox is very good. Um, I hope, I don't, I don't think there are a lot of Marshall fans that listen to this. So I can say, I like, I don't <laughs> think he's one of the like, very very top backs in this conference like i would put since really is, is that kind of a hot take i mean like Wasn't he's he very running the first team running back all conference coming into the season 
I mean, maybe top three. I, I mean, I would take Sincere McCormick over him for one. I, I would um, concur. <laughs> but like, he's not like he's not explosive is the thing. Like he's not going to like his longest run of the year is 45 yards. It's one I, it's the, the, the play of on offense for them that I highlighted in the film room. And that one was not like uh, they lined everybody up on the left side to the, to the wide side of the field and then ran inside zone to the right. And when he broke through the line, uh, there was just nobody between him and the end zone. And he had, he had just enough kind of breathing room to get there, but he's not like, he's not going to break off like an 80 yarder. Um, and you know, I don't, maybe it matters less how good he is because his offensive line is fantastic. Every single starter on their offensive line is a senior. Uh, so that a running game is going to be effective regardless, but yeah, it's yeah. And, it, and the other thing that, that I think is, is part of what makes this offense uh, so so tough so yeah the defense is better but the offense is still good and, and a big big factor uh behind that is the play of, of grant wells so far you know we kind of talked about we joked i think when we previewed this conference heading into the season that grant wells might be one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the conference because we just didn't know i you know actually at, at this point let's let's rehash that conversation really quick uh, I think it's take your pick of the order, but it's a uh, it's Mike Collins, Grant Wells, and Astro O'Hara, and that's yeah. that's the upper tier, which is wild that both of those new faces have have catapulted themselves up to the top so quickly. Yeah, I mean it speaks to much, it's as much to the uncertainty at at quarterback and the other teams in the conference as anything, but. Uh, yeah, he's really he, he hasn't had to carry the load a lot of the a lot of the time because uh, they've been more reliant on Knox in the running game. But like he just came off their last game against uh, MTSU was which was like three weeks ago. So they are working on a longer layoff than Rice, although that didn't matter against uh, <laughs> against North Texas. But he had his best passing game of the year in their blowout win over Middle Tennessee. So if he's if he didn't have to carry the load all the time earlier in the season, he's he's steadily getting better. So, yeah, yeah I, it's, I, it's I, really I, impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's interesting. I'm, I I believe it was was Trey Schumann uh, in this week when I was speaking with him during the the press conference. I was talking to him about you know, this Marshall offense. And, and he said, the thing about Wells is that he's a, he's a really great decision maker, which is a, a maturity thing that you don't see and true freshman to that extent. And he also called him um, the, the, like the perfect field general, uh, kind of that, the, you know, we, we give the rap for in the, the quarterback who, who just hits his reads and is, is kind of not winning the game but uh just you know making sure nothing goes wrong and and i feel like that that's where wells has been with with the talent to make plays uh, when he needs to and he's throw four interceptions this year he just he doesn't make mistakes with the football granted it's it's four interceptions in in seven games so collins would be it what if we extrapolate that out to seven uh two and a two and a third what does that math work to two and a half? 
So he's not quite yeah. Mike Collins uh, turnover proof, uh, but knock on wood. Uh, but yeah, he's he's been really good. And when you have an offense that can can pound you with this offensive line and doesn't turn the ball over, and that's something Rice hasn't really done that great of a job at is forcing those turnovers. Uh, it can be every drive that you don't don't come away with points and you don't take time off the clock uh, is just making the task that much more challenging for yourself. Yeah, and like even beyond the decisions that he's made, like it's being made even easier on him because uh, that line is giving him all day. Like they're not just great at pass blocking. They are not, not just great at run blocking. I, um, I had it up before on overall sack rate. They are fourth in the country per football outsiders uh, line stats on their website. Uh, 38th in standard down sack rates and First in the country in passing down sack rate. They, they're not behind the sticks often because of how good that line and how good that running game are. But when they are, uh, you they don't let guys get to Wells. It just, it's damn near impossible to get pressure on them, which is, uh, that's going to make a life a whole lot easier on a freshman quarterback, especially one as good as he is. Yeah, and... And I'm just I'm kind of looking just at a comparison. I, I wanted to take a quick look. So uh, next year, it, it could be possible that if you're looking at uh, Clay Servin, Cole Garcia, Isaac Klarkowski, Shea Baker, and, and I'm going to assume Derek Ferraro, probably at the other tackle spot, you could be talking about uh, five veteran starters for, for Rice on the O-line. Uh, seniors and juniors, four of those, which have been would be multi-year starters at that point. Uh, so we can see maybe the light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> We're getting there of of homegrown, developed guys. Yeah, uh, for the Rice offensive line, I, you know, probably throw Isaiah Floyd uh, in there at some point. He's he'll he'll make an impact. I can I call my shot now. That uh, maybe I, I like that. I, 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 I don't think that's too uh, too bold of a take. Yeah, I mean he's three hundred. 20 pounds and he can destroy people. He's probably the biggest guy on the O-line. Is anybody else 300 pounds? I think he, I think he definitively is. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, this is a uh, now an Isaiah Floyd podcast. Uh, <laughs> I can work with it. Yeah. We're there. So uh, I, this, this is where rice is going. And I, I thought it was interesting. I, I mentioned, uh, Schumann uh, earlier in, in the conversation that I had, uh, with him. I, I, I asked him about the challenge of, of going up to play Marshall and he, and he said that, you know, in, in many ways, you know, he, he saw the progression from when Marshall played Rice last year. Marshall was a good team. They weren't a great team, uh, but they've made that progression to eliminating those those mistakes and becoming more consistent and being a great team. So this is a team that as Rice prepares and looks at film and sees how how, how dominant they are on both sides of the ball, that the team itself is kind of viewing this as an archetype of. You know, this is the progression. If you're a Conference USA, a group of five team, this is what you want to do, right? You like you want to build up senior and veteran depth and, and find the right playmakers that you can put in at the key positions and, and make a run. And that's what Marshall's doing. And, and so this is kind of a, a measuring stick, uh, if you will, for this program to see how close they are uh, to achieving that. Obviously, Marshall's a, a year ahead. Uh, at least, but you'd, you'd kind of like to see uh, Rice be able to contend here and kind of show that, you know, the progress is, is being 
made. Yeah, because, and this gets to sort of a larger point that, like, it's disappointing to still be saying this. And and from the way we felt all offseason and coming out of last season, I wouldn't have expected to still be saying this. Like, I think we would want to be kind of firmer on things by now, but. Uh, that also requires, and to be fair, like, that also requires playing. Yeah. And that's that's been half of uh, the challenge, because I, I think, you know, from from what we've seen, like uh, Rice has already lost games uh, or lost games, not had the opportunity uh, to play Houston Army, LSU and Lamar. They can probably with this team and can probably split those if those games get played, you would think uh, you would think that they would beat UTEP. They would have a good chance against this year's versions of UTSA and Louisiana Tech. I mean, you're talking about a team that had they played a full 12 game schedule, I w- I would be extremely confident that they would have more than three wins, <laughs> like where they left off last year. Yeah, I think that I think at bare minimum, a like disappointing season, they would have won four games and probably would have won five or six. And like, I think any of us would have agreed that six would be like an unmitigated would have been an unmitigated success in like the normal version of this season. So it's yeah. Just, uh, you know, see if there's something you can build on for next year. But this season has been so expletive deleted up that I, I just don't like I understand if there's some impatience at this point that we're having to put this off again in year three. But I just I, there's no way you can make firm judgments on the direction of this program right now with the way this year has gone for them. Like they just. They they played three games, and they they without a secondary, yeah, and with with opt outs with some injuries and like and yeah some injuries will happen but like this year is such a weird situation that it's uh, it frustrates me to have to say this now to 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 have to put this off on on to put off the expectations more, but just the way things have gone with the, the, the delays and the being in a holding pattern and the, the, the postponements and cancellations. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's a mess. We probably, unfortunately will have more time to, to talk uh, big picture lookbacks, but you know, this is not a, a rice team that, you know, UTSA, is leading the conference and and good for them. Uh, they got to play Southern Miss, UTEP, Army, SFA, and Texas State. Like, I, you know, I know we want to measure this season on absolute wins because that's how you measure football teams. Uh, but, I mean, in UTEP, you also got to play SFA, ACU, and ULM. Like, yeah. right... Rice is, is, is a better team than a, a one-win team going into play Marshall. Uh, how much better they yeah. are than that, I don't know because we haven't seen the games yeah. on the field. Uh, and that's going to be what's interesting about uh, this game this weekend. If this is a, a blowout, then I feel like you're, you're pretty discouraged. Uh, but if this is a competitive game, all things considered, uh, you know, assuming Rice can come in as healthy as you would hope they would, uh, then, you know, 
the wins aside, you can kind of you really use this as kind of figuring out where we are. That would yeah. be the hope. Like, you know, I, I won't sugarcoat it. Like, there's a good chance, you know, they're one and two right now. Like, it, maybe they get a game scheduled for the 19th. Um, but if they play these next two games, there's a good chance that Rice ends this season with five games played and they're looking at one and four because these are the two, probably the two best teams in the conference or two of the three best teams in the conference that they're playing these next two weeks. And it it just stinks that that's the circumstances have combined that this is the, this is the schedule they're getting. And then they lost three winnable games off the, the meat of what would have been their reduced schedule. Um, and I know it's, it's, it's disappointing to have to say, well, it might be a one and four record and it might like, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying concede these two games, like by all means, and there, and there are things we can learn from them, even if they do lose them. But like, it stinks to have to, to, to look at what they're getting and, and, and think about what the results might be for this season when we all had such expectations coming in. But you just gotta, I think as a fan, you just have to put that frustration aside and just realize what an absolutely bizarre year this was and that it 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 can't be something you really draw a lot of long-term conclusions from yeah and and i think it was interesting when i was talking with with bloomberg earlier this week he he mentioned it, the utep game coming off of that this weekend he said it felt like a loss like he felt it felt like they lost a football game it, when in reality they, they didn't play a football game but that's kind of you know the, yeah it, it, that's been how disappointing this season has been on the field, off the field. It's it's just a mess, and 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 it, it's worth, you know, we've talked about how good this this team is. It's been interesting because coming into this game, uh, was I forget was Rice a, a point or a point favorite against Middle Tennessee or a point dog or something like that? Got to go back yeah. several weeks. It's been it's been pick 'em ish to Rice getting a point or not. Like they've been every game has been a, you know, Rice could win this game. This is probably the first game that they're, this is the first game they're playing, if they play it this season, that that Rice will be the decided underdog in. And, and if that's the case, you know, what we've seen from this team so far, if we want to look back, like Rice, you know, w- never had a shot at beating Texas last year. Uh, it just, that was not going to happen. That was pretty clear uh, from the get-go. Uh, but if you look at that Baylor game, uh, that was a, a Baylor team that contended for the Big 12 championship, uh, 21, 21 to 13. Uh, and that included uh, just a, a weird fluke touchdown uh, uh, for the Bears in that game. Uh, so that was one. The, the Wake Forest game was was really kind of a shootouty that uh, until it got into uh, the second half, it, it was 24 to 14 at a halftime and you had that feeling, you know, Rice scores a, a touchdown here to start the second half and, and, and we're in business. Uh, and of course you have, you know, your starting quarterback gets hurt in that game. And uh, it, it's just, it is what it is, but Rice has played good teams uh, under Bloomgren and last year. And, and I would say two out of three, if we're going to call Wake, Baylor and Texas, the, cause Wake and, and Baylor were, were good football teams last year. Uh, I guess Texas was too. Are they back? I forget. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to get in that discussion. Uh, but anyhow, 
uh, if you call those the the three best teams that Rice played last year, they, they were in two of those three games. And, and so if if you, I would I I think we're selling this team short. If like if Rice walks into Marshall and wins this weekend, I'm going to be I I'll be a bit surprised to be honest. I'm like that was probably not what is probably going to happen most of the time, but I won't be stunned. Not to the degree if Rice would have gotten an upset upset LSU. Yeah. Yeah, and and like you know they hung close in in those games against Baylor and Wake Forest last year, and both those teams have a significant had had a significant talent gap over this Rice team, and I don't think that's the case. Uh, it, it's certainly not the case to that scale with this Marshall team. Um, so you know, particularly if they play great on defense, um, you know, like I said, they can hold anyone in this conference to a manageable level on on defense like like keep it to a manageable score and from there like you know if you hold somebody to 20 points all you need is a few like i don't know two or three good drives and a and a play here a play there and 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 you can win the game like it is going to take i think by far their best offensive game of the season for them to win this one but this is not even as big as the spread is. This is not an unwinnable game. I, I I did not mean to imply that with the discussion earlier, just to sort of... It was a fair question. Yeah. And we got, we got, uh, we got a whole off season to get there. Uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what we do. But yeah, I think, I think it's interesting and it kind of points to, I mean, you can't boil down to this season to how the next two games go, but man, if they could, if they could beat UAB or Marshall, it would, would make you feel enough, really good coming yeah, out would, of it. Yeah. It would be enough validation for for me to see that that things are going in the right place. And I'm, even if they if they don't win, like I think we could still see there and get there. Like I feel pretty confident like the, the defense uh, is still going to technically and this is going to be interesting. We'll have a whole offseason to break down who's coming back and what that looks like cuz everybody's eligible. Everyone who wants to come back can. So you're yeah, talking it, about a defense filled with mostly, you know, sophomores, juniors, uh, you know, not too many seniors that you could get some guys back. And yeah. And like, even if, even if nobody that would normally be out of eligibility this year comes back, like, I, I don't know what Rice's policy on that will be. If like, uh, who will make that decision? If, if they're all, if they all can come back, like I, there's I'll no start point to in... go fund me. If blaze wants to come back, <laughs> like I, I have no idea what, it's useless to even speculate which of those players might be back this season. But even if they get none of them back, this is there still aren't a whole lot of seniors on this team. You're still getting back a huge chunk of the defense. You're still getting back. Gosh, it would be nice if Mike came back because you, you'd, you'd be in the quarterback uncertainty vortex once again. But hey, and and Rice has a top five recruiting class right now in Conference USA. Like. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's good. Like and go. Yeah. And if you want you if you're not subscribed on subscribed on Patreon yet, go ahead and, and we'll plug this before we wrap up. But uh, you can go there. We got a, a full list of, of all of Rice's commitments. I got a, a profile uh, written up on the guys uh, who have committed so far and, and the list of all of the offers and guys outstanding. And, and Rice is Rice is crushing it right now um, with the, the talent they're bringing in uh, so far. And two, four, seven. I, I go ahead and if you go check out the the notes and the player list on uh, on the Patreon page and on our premium page. That's the most up to date list. Uh, I've noticed that a two four seven is uh, not 
as concerned about getting uh, everybody. Uh, yeah, I, whenever someone commits to Alabama, it's uh, it's there right right away. They're not as quick as, as getting all of Rice's <laughs> commitments up. I don't know what what's up with that, um, but uh, is what it is. Yeah, so the, we, we we will have lots to break down uh, for the future. But this game, I, I think we talked about kind of the, the strategy here of of, of being com- being competitive, playing physical, getting out to a lead early, uh, and kind of hanging on. Um, and not not trying to to come back. Hey, we 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 have seen that this team can score points, but I really don't want to find out whether or not you know Mike Collins can throw seven touchdown passes on the road against Marshall. I'll, yeah. I'll take it. Like that would be great. It'd be very twenty twenty. Like what's the most <laughs> un- unpredictable thing? Someone dropping sixty points on Marshall at home. That would probably be it. Uh, yeah, you know if they if that's how they want to play it, like I I don't. I will not complain. I, I would love to see a Rice quarterback throw throw seven touchdowns in a game, just 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 bomb it away. But uh, yeah, that's hey, probably he went four back to back. Anything's possible, man. There you go. God, I don't. Everything's just so weird at this point. It's been that kind of day, that kind of week, that kind of season. Yeah, but really, it's nine months since uh, sports shut down. Yeah, we're about at that time, aren't we? Uh, I will, I think, always remember that it was, I'm pretty sure it was March the 11th when Rudy Gobert tested positive and the NBA shut down. So that's, we're a little more than a week off of that. So, man. Yeah, and March the 12th, uh, college basketball followed. Well, hopefully we get a game played this Saturday, uh, even if it's going to be a real tough one. But uh, it'll just be nice to see this team get on the field. So, We'll be back next week, hopefully, getting we'll, to break we'll down a game. Yeah, we'll, oh, we will be back. <laughs> we'll just hopefully get in, be getting to talk about an actual game. So uh, we'll see y'all then. Uh, hope for the best and rice fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.